At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. All right, here's how we're going to stack it. We're going to do our classic non-baseball conversation off the top, and then we're going to get the shit news out of the way, and then we're going to get to the good news, and then we're going to get to the awards because we're technically like 60 games into the major league season. So this is what our COVID time 2020 Mickey Mouse season looked like. Luke Voigt hit 22 homers. Judge has 24. There we go. So non-baseball, crappy baseball, good baseball, and then the awards. That sound good, Peter Apple? That sounds absolutely phenomenal. We knew we had to do the 2020 awards because it's such a cool thing to look at every year. Just go back. What would a 60 game season look like? Because we'll never get it again, most likely. So it's God, always I cool to not. just look back. I really, really what this new not. variant looks like, man. <laughs> no way. New variant? No, at the end of uh, oh, yeah. the end of okay. 2022, apparently. Oh, okay. Let's not talk about any of that. <laughs> no, I was thinking we can talk politics and yes. we can talk epidemiology. Yes, let's get into the weeds of all of that before we talk about F4. Okay, this is The Virus Show, Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, uh, and today is Tuesday, June 14th. Um, first and foremost, non-baseball, Step Brothers was on TV yesterday. I'm back home. Uh, mm. They have cable. I don't have cable at my apartment in Indy. Um, I got home for a couple of days and Step Brothers was on. You stop what you're doing to watch Step Brothers. What other movies do you stop what you're doing to watch? Such a good question. I was just thinking, is Step Brothers better than the other guys? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. The other guys, every single time I watch it, it gets funnier and funnier. There is, It's hard to find a scene that's more hilarious than the tuna scene where Mark yeah. Wahlberg is yelling at him about, like, I'd be a lion and I'd eat you. And then Will Ferrell comes back with, I think, the best comedic timing in a joke of all time. Yeah, I mean, breathing apparatus. Yeah, it's just that's what. But Step Brothers has more jokes, but the other guys, I think, makes me laugh the hardest at the peak points of comedy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Um, my thing is like there's still nuance in Step Brothers. Like there's a moment where Brennan, uh, Will Ferrell, is having this, you know, deep moment where he's thinking to himself in the bedroom. And John C. Riley is just sitting on the twin bed that he has in nothing but blue briefs and a Chewbacca mask. That's hilarious. You can't get better than that comedically. Like there's this one non joke moment. And here you are inserting a joke into the background. 
How about aim for the bushes where two FBI agents and the other guys just jump off a, a 10 story <laughs> building into the ground? I think I mean, what they're... we're getting at, I think what we're getting at is Will Ferrell is the funniest yeah. man on the planet. And he works with some incredible, incredible um, producers, directors. And you're not the only person to say that. One of the funniest people in my mind on the planet, Kevin Hart, he said that Will Ferrell is the funniest person he's ever worked with. He like has he, he had this great point. I think it was an interview with Kevin Hart. He was like, Will Ferrell will just like start a bit with you in the morning without you even knowing and be like, did you have breakfast this morning? And he's like, no, no, I don't really eat breakfast. And he's like, and he like stops the set. And he's like, get Kevin some breakfast. Like, we'll just start a bit out of nowhere just to see what you'll do. And he said, it's like impossible to work with him because he's the funniest human he's ever heard talk. Yes, it's hilarious. Um, this is us cross-promoting another pro- uh, another podcast, even though these guys will never come on. Yeah. Also, are you proud of me? Look for, at me. For knowing a movie? culture. Look yeah. at this. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm super great. proud of you, man. Good job. I, um, I was going to say, promoting another podcast, Smartless, is Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Premises, one of them brings a guest on. The other two have no idea who the guest is until they get into the Zoom. And one of them brought Will Ferrell on. And it was hilarious. And for you baseball fans, he talked about his Harry Carey impression that he made famous on SNL and and how he picked that up. And it's so funny. And there are stories on there that I probably shouldn't regurgitate here. Uh, But it was just a hilarious line. Jason Bateman said, what would you be doing if you're not acting, doing comedy? And Will Ferrell deadpan goes, Probably finance. <laughs> so funny. Like he can make finance a joke. Anything. Anything he says is a joke. And that's why it's because when he's serious, it's funny. When he's being funny, it's the, the most hilarious thing. Like we could just rattle off the best. But also, Adam Sandler does have some funny no, movies. No. I, I think Adam Sandler doesn't get his due as one of the funniest people ever. And I I, I put him up there. Like the happy Gilmores of the world. The Billy Madison. I don't like Billy Madison. I don't like I don't that understand movie. that. I think that's I think that's a crazy take. I, I don't it's like so funny. And there's Adam Sandler has like 60 hilarious movies. He's but he's not as organically funny yeah. as Will Ferrell is. But I think Adam Sandler, if we're looking at a total body of work of movies, is up there with Ferrell in terms of amount of great comedies dude i didn't think billy madison was funny and uncut gems i understand that it was a good movie that that movie pissed me off so no movie has ever pissed me off as much as uncut gems okay see that's where we just differ because i loved uncut gems and i i was a big fan of billy madison yeah because you're a parlay guy um i'm uh, not a parlay guy (laughs) true but you're a gambling guy all right let's talk baseball uh we mentioned we're going to talk about the shit baseball before the good baseball Steven Strasburg's back on the IL. He's made eight starts in three years since he won his World Series MVP in 2019. He came back from thoracic outlet syndrome. It was great to just see him back on the mound. And then he makes a start. His velo's down. He gets roughed up. And he's right back on the shelf. He's undergoing an MRI tomorrow. That sucks, dude. It, like... This guy cannot catch a break. And I was remembering his MLB debut. He struck out, what, 12 in his MLB debut? Maybe more, maybe 14 in his MLB debut. And we saw that change up. We saw a high 90s fastball. We saw a guy that could be one of the best pitchers to ever play baseball. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's brutal. In 2010, he averaged 98.2 miles an hour on this fastball. He was the guy out of San Diego state. Like he went first overall in a draft where he was going first overall 
no doubt about it, the next great pitcher. 2011, he's averaging 96.7. 2012, 96.5. 2013, 96. 2014, 95. 2015, 96. 2016, 96. 2017, 95. Then we start seeing something. Then we start seeing 94. Then 2019, he's averaging around 93, 94. Then 2020, 91.8. 2021, 91.9. Then in his last start, 90.3 miles an hour. Just kind of showing the trajectory of Steven Strasburg's career by, I guess, fastball velocity. Because yeah. you've just seen his health decline, decline, decline. And ultimately, he can't pitch in this league at 90 miles an hour. He's a power pitcher first. He was never command-centric or, you know, fully a command guy. Right. Yeah. He always had pretty solid command, but I was just going back to this, this start that he made against the Pirates in his major league debut, June 8th, 2010. Seven innings, four hits, two earned, 14 strikeouts, no walks. I mean, like he was incredible, dude. He got 17 whiffs in that game in his major league debut. 14 punch outs, no walks. The kind of gonads that it takes to do that and, and sustain success. I mean, think about it. that's That's June of 2010. And in November of 2019, he wins a World Series MVP. And here we are. He's making all of his money. But I just feel so bad. And I'm, I'm sitting here clamoring for more from Steven Strasburg in 2022. That's a, that's a dozen years after he made his major league debut. He's a three-time All-Star. He's a World Series winner. He's a World Series MVP. But we were sitting here knowing that we were getting the best pitcher of the generation out of San Diego State, thinking that this guy could be a five-time Cy Young Award winner and a Hall of Famer. His arm just hasn't allowed him to do it. And with all due respect to a guy like Graham Ashcraft, so I'm just bringing him up for literally no reason, just to say that Graham Ashcraft making his debut for the Reds without a ton of eyes on him and like hopefully he turns in a good start. Graham Ashcraft has been great. That's not the point I'm making here. The point I'm making here is in that start seven innings, 14 Ks, it was one of the most watched debuts by a young player. Steven Strasburg was supposed to be what we see from DeGrom, what we see from Corbin Burns, right. like the ultimate, the best pitcher in baseball, the next great Hall of Famer. And that was so scrutinized, that outing, and he shoved it down their throats and yeah. looked like a Cy Young Award winner on his first day in the big leagues with all eyes on him. That's the kind of stone Strasburg had as well. And that's why it was just always so fun to watch because he's not only just a good pitcher, but we love guys with the moxie on the mound. The Alec Manoa has it. Just the 100th percentile of dog in him. Dog like, in him. Strasburg had it. And I know we make jokes, but you, as a baseball fan, like you watch and you can tell a guy is just, he's different on the mound. And yes. Strasburg was that. Yeah, next guy, and, and Aram and I just talked about him on yesterday's episode, but Walker Bueller, same thing, right? He's, he's a gamer, he's the dog, and you just pray for this guy to be on the mound every fifth day because he's so much fun to watch. And, and that was an interesting point you brought up about Major League debuts because I'm thinking whose debut was as anticipated as Strasburg? Not Trout. Harper nope. was as anticipated. I so think Strasburg's had, was almost more. because Strasburg's was probably more because he's a pitcher, but like, there hasn't been another pitcher whose debut has been more anticipated than this. Like G rod will not sniff the anticipation that Steven Strasburg had for his debut. Jack Leiter's not going to sniff it. I have no idea who's going to sniff what this is. 
I'm just trying to go through it in my head. Like, remember from past years, like DeGrom, no. Burns had the worst ERA in baseball the year before, like, he broke out. No, and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking guys that went 1-1 because those are the guys who have the anticipated debut. But Garrett Cole's MLB debut was nowhere close to the anticipation that we had for Strasburg. Correa's debut, nowhere close. I mean, Torque this year, who cared? Um, It's maybe A-Rod. Maybe A-Rod was the last, and he's not a pitcher. Maybe. I mean, Harper, like... Yeah, those guys are in the conversation, but I still think it's Strasburg over a lot of them. And then in that debut, he looked like the best pitcher on planet Earth already. Yeah. Like, at San Diego State... He, he he was a big league pitcher already. He was 101 before anybody was 98. He was a big league pitcher at San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't um, next guy, Walker Bueller. I already offered my thoughts on that. And it, what, I, what I said in large part was part of the intrigue and part of why he is my favorite pitcher in all of baseball is because he takes the mound every fifth day. And he's a guaranteed six and he's a possible seven. And on a good day, he goes eight or nine. That's why I love Walker Bueller. And now we're not going to see him for a while. What are your thoughts on Bueller? We can make this quick because mine are already out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, I don't have much on Bueller really just from what I've seen this year, the fastball velocity and just like the way the fastball has performed is just nowhere close. I mean, right now I'm looking at a 95.2 mile per hour average on the pitch compared to 95.3 last year. I, I don't see him routinely touching 95. The fastball just doesn't look the same. He doesn't have the same command of it. And I think that his other pitches, he just doesn't have the confidence in his stuff because I think personally, Jack, and this is just speculation. I agree. I You're doing that thing with your form. I think he's been hurt all year. I think he's been dealing with something all year long. How has he not been? That's I what mean, I'm like, there's when, no way. I, I don't think there's a better pitcher on the planet not named DeGrom when Walker Bueller's at full health. It's disgusting. You know me. I mean, I'm never going to say that that's an incorrect take because there's a part of me that believes it too. I really do. I love this guy. And you do too. We just, we see, we see something. He's got, I think everybody. Mini Verlander in him. He's got just young Verlander. He is young Verlander. And I I think as soon as, you know, like that complete game in Arizona, he looked good. He looked healthy. But after that, I mean, you know, and these are t- these are the types of things that just kind of build up for a little bit. I'm sure, you know, if you've ever like, you know, gone biking for a while and you're gripping the handles very tight, you feel it in your forearms for a little bit, but then you have to do something the next day where you need your grip strength and then your forearm gets even tighter. Like, yep. think about that. Every single day he's picking up a baseball, he's throwing it. Nobody gets any breaks during the MLB season because it's every day. And that thing will just continue to get tighter and tighter and tighter. And with a forearm, I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, never take a forearm issue. Even if you hear that it's light, lightly with a pitcher, because forearms have a direct link to the elbow here. So that's why McCullers has taken so long. That's why a lot of guys have forearm strains that turn into torn UCLs. And Bueller's already undergone Tommy John surgery. I pray to God he doesn't go through a a second. Um, But never take the forearm strain lightly. I think if the Dodgers are smart, they don't even think about a timetable that is in the regular season. I think if he comes back at all this year, wow. um, it should be in the postseason, and that's it. Huh. That's more than I thought. I was thinking, you know, we'll check in on him in August. 
But if you're saying maybe not for the, I, I think I think I'm he just, needs two months of not throwing a baseball, and then he I was can thinking I was thinking six weeks. You know, it's what it's June. What's today's date? It's June fourteenth today. Yeah, six weeks from now, August one rehab assignment. We see him back. I don't know, man. In August. That's 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 how I thought of it in my own head without an actual analyzation. Yeah, without without trying <laughs> yeah. to play doctor. I yeah think that- yeah. <laughs> you know, Just without my history diagnosing forearm traits, that that's that's my history from. No, I was thinking my learned opinion. Hey, maybe we can diagnose what what Strasburg might be going through right now too. You down? Oh yeah, in his head, <laughs> um, definitely. That's what we do best. <laughs> now, but I I think you know what? As long as the Dodgers don't feel the heat, and they shouldn't allow heat on the baseball field to impact Walker Bueller's progression here. If he doesn't feel good that he doesn't feel good. I don't think heat is going to impact him. I think if anybody's going to alter Walker Bueller's timeline, it's Walker Bueller. He's going to be like, man, fuck this. I want to get back on the hill. Actually, because you know the Dodgers could just put together a a package of prospects and just send it off for one of the best arms in the market. That's what we were talking about. Aram and I workshopped um, Luis Castillo for for possibly Pajes and a pitcher, like Pajes and... Could easily... Yeah, and it wouldn't even bother the Dodgers at all. No, not in the slightest. And that's why They're player development so, is so important. They're so fucked up. It's crazy. Ridiculous. I, I was actually asked this question on, on another pod. Who do you think is the best at player development? Like, which system do you think has the best player development out of any minor league system? Um, the Dodgers and Cleveland are the two. Hmm. I said Dodgers and Rays. I should have said Cleveland because Cleveland's ability to develop a pitcher is unmatched. So Cleveland, like Tampa, the thing is Tampa's ability to develop and find pitchers. I think that's the big thing that Tampa needs more credit for. They find a guy that does one thing really well and they tell him to do it all the time. No, yeah, my my thing, what I was asking is player development. Like they get the prospect in, not drafting, not any of that, but who's the best at developing their prospects to be maybe better than other evaluators would look at them. In the last 365 days, the Yankees. Um, but over the last five years, I'd say the Dodgers and the Guardians are the two. It's interesting that you say the Yankees because I think that may not be widely recognized. The that, fact that the Yankees have been able to develop these prospects. The Yankees system, people, is top five right now. I will stand the, on that hill. It is one of Rizzo, the best systems in baseball. The Rizzo and the Gallo returns came out of nowhere. If you propose the Rizzo or the Gallo return to Texas or Chicago at the beginning of last year, they would have laughed you out of the negotiating room. Literally. That's, that's, how, much of a, that's how much of a big step the Yankees made. I mean, all yes. those guys. And all those guys are now in the bigs. That's the thing. Yeah. Ezekiel Durant's in the, in the bigs for Texas. Um, Len Otto is in it. the bigs too. Yep. So, no, dude, it's interesting. Um, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, Last bad one. I like had this question spawn. What do the angels do? It's such a hard <laughs> question. Because two weeks ago, we were saying, what's going to stop them from winning the World Series? And now we're saying, do they sell somebody? How do they work with this roster? You have to go for it. I, I you know, we workshop the trade Tyler Malley in exchange for Joe Adele. Go get that starting pitcher right now. Because yeah. I think, you know, Jose Suarez gave them some innings last year. I don't know how many innings truly he's going to give them this year. And, and still I think, Seth is a normal human being now. 
Phil Seth is a normal 21, 22 year old pitcher. It's okay that he's hasn't dominated after barely pitching in double a, you know, Shohei is going to be Shohei, but you always have the possibility of him getting injured. I mean, he's not, he's not Superman. I mean, basically acts like it, but he's not. Yeah. Syndergaard's been dealing with stuff and Lorenzen has been very solid, but they need one. More, and Sandoval's actually been very good too. Yeah. But then again, he can bounce around a little bit. I think they need one more starting pitcher. I don't think you need to add much to the offense, but I do think that they should go for a shortstop because I don't think Andrew Velasquez should be the starting shortstop. He just can't hit enough. And he's he's a good defender. He's a great defender, but you can find a lot of those guys. Andrew Velasquez should be your role utility guy. You know, him and Tyler Wade. Or maybe there's not enough room for Andrew Velasquez. I'm not exactly sure. But I what they need is a big-time shortstop. They need a starting pitcher. And, of course, they should ask Baltimore for one of those bullpen guys. They should ask Detroit for one of their bullpen arms. They should really, Perry Manassian should make a big splash at the deadline. And then I do still think that the Angels, if not now, when? I want the unit that throws 100-mile-an-hour clotheslines in Baltimore. Is that Felix Bautista? Dude, have you? He, he throws a bowling ball. Everybody's talking about Yuan Duran. Nobody talks about Felix Batista. This dude also throws fuzz. But it, isn't it like, I mean, yeah. it's high spin, isn't it? It's just like, it's so. Does it run? It's just a thumper. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a BB. Like, it's, yeah. it's shooting a bullet into the catcher's glove. Literally. And it's it like drops and it's like, it's just like, it's just coming from up here and it's just. Mm. Also, have you seen that Hunter Green's fastball is no longer straight? <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane what he's doing. He's something to watch because yeah. right now he looks – I, I put it out on Twitter. I said, this guy shows flashes of best pitcher in baseball. Not he is, but he'll just flash stuff. He'll flash a slider. He'll pinpoint one-on-one with movement. And I think to myself, how many other pitchers can do that? DeGrom, that's it. Like, that's what we're dealing with. But then you look at his five year and you're like, well, come on, Peter, best pitcher in baseball. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, he gets blown up, but he still has a lot to work on. But there are bits and pieces in there with Hunter Green where I think to myself, he is going to be a problem. Last two starts 12 innings, three hits, one run, two walks, 15 strikeouts. The big thing with Hunter Green is what we've been doing in our prize picks, which um, you guys should use the link in our episode description. Um, use code just baseball. We've been doing prize picks every day on my Twitter. Um, if you guys want to join in at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, we do a prize picks live where we just pick player props, invite a bunch of people to talk. Everyone gives their picks. Fun community thing. But the big selection from there and the reason I'm bringing it up, but use code just baseball. Help us out. Yeah, what do there you we say? go. It's in, the, it's in the episode description. Good job. Um, Hunter Green's strikeout prop. We always bet the over because the reason is even in a bad start for Hunter Green, still get it easily. He's I think he's fourth right now in case per nine in baseball with a five ERA. Jesus. Amazing. It's incredible. It's um, incredible. He, I mean, I mean, do you do you see what I'm saying, or am I crazy when I say he shows flashes of best pitcher in baseball? No, I see what you're saying, and that's like that's what we talked about with Arm on the top 100 too. Was this guy's ceiling is best pitcher in baseball, a ceiling that we've never seen before, but his floor is so much lower than a guy like Lodolo, um, literally. So which Polarized. Hunter Green are we going to get? And it feels like Hunter Green is transitioning over the last two starts when he's allowed three hits in 12 innings. I mean, because he can go on runs. He can go on runs here where it's how do you hit him? If this fastball is moving at one on one and the slider is right. just, you can't hit him. I mean, it's that's just, the thing. 
like you say, physics. how do you hit him? You can't. You just can't. It's 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 almost like with the power sometimes. Like, how can you get this guy out like Buxton? Sometimes you just can't get these guys out when they're locked in. You just can't. Yeah. 100%. Can't. Um, last positive thing, and it is twofold. Atlanta is the hottest team in baseball right now. And I think I'm in love with Spencer Strider. How can you not be? How can you not be? First of all, kind of looks like Saquon Barkley in a baseball uniform. Dude, he's got some thickies. And he's got a thick mustache. And he's got a thick fastball. 100 heat. And it doesn't move that much, but it just hums. Like few pitches like that hum. And his is humming. He is a really good adjective for fastball. Thick. He's got a thick fastball thick it's just it's got a lot of spin it's heavy and it just hums like felix batista hums dude hunter greens doesn't hum it's different it moves more um it's got more run now with green over his last couple of starts but we, but we hum and run are not the same yeah hums, no they're not um hums just like that sound the the term that i use um and i made a game earlier this week must watch television earlier later last week must watch television that was rowanzi Contreras and spencer strike because those are two quote-unquote bully ball fastballs i call them bully ball fastballs it is another great I'm adjective. better than you oh, yeah i'm gonna beat the shit out of you with this fastball that's what walker bueller does that's why we love him yeah just dudes who are like, what? Hit it. I dare you. It's coming yeah. right here. What's up? That's Strider. That's Rolansi. That's Walker Bueller. You're right. That I mean, that's DeGrom at his best. Shout out Kanan Smith and Jigba, too. Getting the call up in the Yankees Kanan trade. I know Smith you're... and Jigba. Respect on the name. Pronounce it right. Kanan is the fucking man. Um, I, I agree. He is the man. I mispronounce his name, but I've also just thought this guy is going to hit at every single level. The Yankees will regret trading him because he's like a 5'10", 220 guy who doesn't look the part. But I'm telling you, he's hit everywhere he's been, and he's already getting the call up with the Pirates because he's just going to keep hitting because he's like a Ty France-esque. Is he going to be as good as Ty France? Probably not because Ty France is like the best hitter in baseball (laughs) at some points. But he will just continue to hit. Like, I think this is a high batting average guy. And then Rosny Contreras, both of those guys came to the Pirates in the Jamison Tyone deal. And Arm and I were actually talking about it. I feel like it's a win-win. Now it is. It, it would have been is. a fleecing, but Tyon oh, yeah. looks like I, Cy Young candidate number five in the in the Yankees. But again, it looks like it's a win-win. I'm not. I'm not. You know, calling it. Yeah. Right. I'm um, certainly not doing that. I think Rowanzi Contreras has ace stuff, and mm-hmm. I love Kanan. Kanan is an incredibly nice guy. I've had awesome interactions with him in Indianapolis. He was. As out there in the community and with fans and with people that work for the Indians as anybody. Um, and it couldn't have happened to somebody that A, works harder and B, is, is a nicer dude. This dude was also getting on base all the time, walking you, all the time. Do you ever hear compliments about a player that you think to yourself, well, of course. Like you saying how good of a guy he is, all that kind of stuff, the great head on his shoulders. Of course he does. Right. Like that's why these guys are so good is because they have the right head on their shoulders. They know how to hit the baseball. And because they're, he's not six, five, two and 18 years old. He doesn't get as much love, but the head thing, he's always going to be ahead of the game. 
yeah, here's my thing. Um, and, and I've had this longstanding thought about athletes. The nicest ones are always the ones at the very top and the very bottom. The guys mm. in the middle are pissed that they're in the middle. Mm. They're going to be the least fun to interact with. The best mm. players, the, one, the, the ones that are going to be major leaguers, the ones that, you know, had to work for everything. And, you know, when I say best, I don't necessarily mean talent-wise. I'm saying guys that, like, will themselves to places. They're going to be super nice because they know where they came from. Um, and they know what kind of effort it takes to get to the upper levels of minor league baseball and to major league baseball. But you meet the eighth man on a college basketball team. It might be a dick because they're wishing they weren't the eighth man. I want to give you an example of who I think is exactly right in the middle and describes what you're saying is like the guys you probably don't want to deal with. Tommy Pham seems right in the middle. He seems right in the middle, doesn't he? Exactly in the middle. Mm-hmm. So. There we go. Leave it at um, But I mean, yeah, like a lot of these athletes, they, they're so finely tuned. They're so driven. They tick a different way. And they're so grateful for where they are, too. So all the guys that I interact with, I think, are so grateful for where they are. And a bunch of different walks, too, and a bunch of different talent levels. I mean, you see guys that have all the physical tools in the world, and they're so happy to be there, and they strive for more. You also see the guys that aren't as naturally gifted as others, that grinded like shit to get to double a AA or triple a and they're so happy to be there and they know that their work ethic can take them even higher those are the guys that i love 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 interacting with and kanan smith and jig was one of them and for anyone new to the podcast because we could have new listeners that aren't aware that jack is the voice of the indianapolis indians with um the pirates organization like he's able to speak to all of these guys and really get deep into it and he watches them every day so i take him at his word yeah. Um, also, some insider information. O'Neill Cruz, a couple of weeks ago when the Indians were in Charlotte, fouled a ball off and then licked the barrel of his bat. And when they were back at home during batting practice, I went up to O'Neill Cruz and I asked him, hey, why did you lick the bat? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> so if you ever needed some great information on why a guy may lick the barrel of his bat, just know the answer is probably I don't know from O'Neill Cruz. If you ask Yasiel Puig that same thing one time, did he ever answer or was it just? It was probably, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No I never got just, to talk to I'm, to I'm so Puig. in a zone where I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, but Strider is the man uh, with the bully ball fastball. Um, Roancy Contreras is awesome, but we're talking Braves right now. They're clicking the way that I think everybody thought that they were going to click. Also, the bullpen has been good, not great, but there's one guy who has been unreal and one of the best relievers in baseball aj, AJ minter. minter dude is shoving he's probably the best arm back there right now they have kenley jansen they have will smith they have so many guys but minter looks unreal 26 and two-thirds innings three earned runs on 16 hits 36 strikeouts in 26 and two-thirds four walks 36 to four he's about as good as it gets Right now, he's as good as it gets. And I mean, Kenley's still got, a, he's got 18 saves. He's got an ERA at 3.25 right now. Will Smith has a 3.80. That's got to go down. Um, but I mean, like Colin McHugh's on the 10 day right now. You need him off the 10 day. You need, is Matzik, what's his deal? Is he out? He's on the 15 day right now. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen but he was struggling. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like Minter, I feel like whenever I'm turning on a Braves game right now, I'm seeing Minter. Always um, Minter, and he's always shoving. It's he's awesome. always shoving. It's dude. like the seventh inning. I'm like, oh, is Minter? In? Yep. And is he doing well? Yep. It's just 
clockwork. Day in, day out, A.J. Minter comes to the field and shoves it down people's throats. And the Braves mm. are the hottest team in baseball. They have won 11 in a row, recording on Monday to be released on Tuesday. So, again, they'll play again tonight against the Nationals. It's Ian Anderson versus Josiah Gray. Kind of think the Nationals win. Kind of think that it stops tonight. Possibly. It feels gimmicky, like Gray has a 7 ERA at home. Anderson's been struggling a little bit. Just feels like a weird Nationals win that makes no sense. But yeah. then again, they could win 12 in a row, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Three guys on Atlanta. Freed has a 264 ERA in 12 starts. Awesome. Kyle Wright has a 257 ERA in 12 starts. He just went eight innings last week. You know what he did? He just, it was like Charlie Morton, as soon as Charlie Morton's starting to get older, Kyle Wright. Yeah. He's the younger Charlie Morton. Literally. Um, and then Strider, man. I think Strider should be a full-time member of that starting rotation. He's appeared in 14 games, 11 of which out of the bullpen. I think this is a starter. See, I was kind of wrong about him. I, I, I was like, ooh, I don't know if you should move him to the starting Yeah, he's just going to be I a great know. setup guy. No, nah, yeah. man. No, I, I'm wrong as shit. This dude looks like the truth. I just didn't think he could keep the velo this long. And we'll see yeah. if that continues to go because it is early and he's a fresh arm. Like, we'll see. But I just, I didn't think it was like possible for him to hub like that. I, I didn't think it was, but you know, egg on my face and I will always be like, you know what? Chalk it up too. He's there. He's that dude. He's that he's dude. Kicking I love ass. that. All right. We are at the 60 game marker of the MLB regular season. That means that we've matched the game total that 2020 constituted as a regular season, which means that Jose Abreu won an MVP that year. Um, and it was just super freaking weird. Luke Voigt hit 22 bombs. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, Aaron judge has 24 right now. So he, of course he's on pace to, to bust Roger Maris's record. Great. Um, is this valid? I think the answer is overwhelmingly no, but as we hit the 60 game marker, why don't we hand out our Mickey mouse awards, MVP, Cy Young rookie of the year. I like calling them the Mickey mouse awards because they kind of are the Mickey mouse awards, especially right now. But um, should we start with the AL MVP, NL MVP, Cy Young? What do you want me to start with? Let's I go. Got I got honorable mentions. I didn't do honorable mentions for rookie of the year because there's so many rookies right there's now through 60 games that you could just name off. So I just picked the winners of there. I also have manager of the year, Cy Young in both leagues with honorable mentions, as well as the MVP with honorable mentions in both leagues. Let's go AL MVP, NL MVP, and then AL and NL Cy Young, AL and NL rookie of the year. AL and NL manager of the year. Perfect. And Jack doesn't know these selections firsthand. So I'm giving it to him just like I'm giving it to you guys on the airwaves. All right. My American league MVP in the shortened 2022 season is Aaron judge. Clearly leader in F4 at 3.7 leader in WRC plus at 199. He has the most home runs by a mile pretty much 24 to 18 for second place. He's got 24. The Detroit Tigers as a team have 30. That's where Aaron Judge is hitting 318 with 1,077 OPS. He's 100th percentile in pretty much everything that is hitting. Aaron Judge should be the MVP of baseball, but we're in the American League and he's the MVP. So there are four guys in all of Major League Baseball that qualify with an OPS over 1,000. Yes. Aaron Judge, of course, leads the pack. Like I could have said, yes, move on, but I want to give you just some info on how good the American League is right now. The four guys that have an OPS over 1,000 right now among qualified hitters are all in the American League. Judge is one. Jordan Alvarez and J-Ram are tied at 1030. And Mike Trout, four points behind at 1026 OPS. The four best hitters in baseball are in the American League right now. I also will say, don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I want to. Aaron Judge MVP pick at the beginning of the season. Yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> Thank in you. a walk year. 
Hey, did you bet on it? Did you no. think it was going to happen? No, I don't bet, man. I'm, I'm pure. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you're going to make fun of me. It is what it is. Honorable mentions go to Jose Ramirez and Mike Trout. Yeah, you could you could put Rafael Devers in there. Of course, you could put Jordan Alvarez in there. Of course, the reason I went with J Ram is that in the last couple of days, he just continues to hit and he's like fourth in F1 in all of baseball. And I give it to Mike Trout over Devers slightly, slightly, slightly. Because he's Mike Trout? Because, hey, yeah, he kind of is Mike Trout. He is Mike Trout. And offensively, his higher WRC plus he he has had just as good of a season and I think Trout is a little bit better defensively in the outfield than Devers is at third base give me Mike Trout but then also Jordan could be easily in there there's a lot of guys that could be in there but Judge is the winner 100% NL MVP NL MVP is Manny Machado he is second to Judge in F4 he's 10th in WRC plus in all of baseball but just in the NL he trails only Bryce Harper and Paul Goldschmidt but the thing is with Manny Machado, it's the all-around game. It's the all-around game for Manny Machado. Because Manny Machado not only offensively is one of the best players in baseball, but he might be the best defender in all of baseball, seriously, at third base. The guy's picking it. The arm looks incredible. He doesn't make errors. He's in the 98th percentile and outs above average. Manny Machado's all-around game puts him second to judge in F4, like I said. And honorable mentions, it's Mookie Betts and Paul Goldschmidt. And Mookie Betts did have this award. A week ago. Yeah. But a week ago, actually, in the last 15 days, Mookie Betts has an OPS around 530. And in the last seven games, that OPS is like 200. Just has had a bad couple of games. So that's that's why this is a Mickey Mouse reward. Because in the hypothetical 2020 season or whatever we're doing here, he would have played himself out of the MVP with a bad last stretch. And Manny Machado then won it because it was that close. I just think that's hilarious. That's a reason why we wanted to do this, to show you how crazy that 2020 season was. Because although Mookie's been amazing, past couple of weeks, he did get a little bit worse than Machado by the numbers. Yeah. Also, a testament to Aaron Judge, Manny Machado is about 150 points lower in OPS than Aaron Judge is. Judge is at 1077, Machado at 929. That goes to show the defense from Machado. I yeah. mean, second in F word all of baseball. He's right next to judge 3.7 to 3.5. Yeah. I mean, Jack, I've called him the best defender in baseball right now. Do, is there anyone else that you've seen or maybe ranks higher by the numbers who I'm forgetting? Cause I could just be, you know, just, you know, just exaggerating, but I truly think that he might be the best defender in baseball right now. I haven't checked uh, Savant We're playing in a while. the best defense. Let's see. Yeah. Let's go down above average real quick. I haven't checked Savant in a while, but Dansby Swanson. No, I mean like Machado is Machado is the guy that you want on your team defensively, especially in the infield right now. You know there are some outfielders that cover a ton of ground, but if I'm handpicking a, a defender in the infield, it's Manny Machado at the moment. Are you sure it's not Jonathan Scope who leads all of baseball at second base for outs? Yeah, I think out? I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's good. tough because like Machado ranks 17th in outs above average. Like he ranks 17th and outs above average. Like, but I, in my opinion, I think he's been one of, if not the best defenders in all of baseball. And at least the F war would show it. Defensive runs saved would show it as well. 100%. And if we just look at his like percentile ranking on Savant, what is he right now? Yeah, 95th percentile that's above average. He's doing pretty there we well. Go. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I like that you have Mookie and Goldschmidt as the honorable mentions. I will say we got to give Bryce Harper and Pete Alonzo some love, but Bryce Harper's oh, a DH now, and Alonzo is a DH that holds a glove for nine half innings. So um, don't, don't fine. disrespect Pete. He is I pretty know. good defensively. He's gotten better. That's the thing. He used to be a hole. He used to be just like 
a refrigerator that put at first base just to block the ball coming in from the infielder. But what he's really turned into is a pretty good all-around player. It's funny also, Pete Alonso's bat to ball is solid. I mean, he is not just this power hitter who hits 230 and hits 50 jacks. He's not that at all. He's like, looks like judge in that sense of like the guy who could hit 280, but it just hit, hits the ball so freaking hard that 40 of them end up going over the fence. No, man, we said Torkelson's ceiling looks like Pete Alonso. Um, all right, AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young. I have Shane McClanahan of yes. the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McClanahan leads the league in strikeouts. He's second to Alec Manoa in ERA in the American League by 0.06, so it's razor thin. And Shane McClanahan walks less batters than Manoa does. He has more strikeouts than Manoa does, and he has more F4. But with that said, my two honorable mentions are Alec Manoa and Justin Verlander. No Nestor Cortez and no Martin Perez, because in their last couple of starts, the ERA jumped a little bit. That's the Mickey Mouse Awards. They just lost it in their last couple of starts. So right now, McClanahan leads it for me for the AL Cy Young led and then second place Alec Manoa and then third place Justin Verlander I think that's a good trio uh you know I have a crush on McClanahan so Shane McClanahan is my Cy Young award winner as well um I will say that Gosman deserves some love Nestor deserves some love and not Cy Young award love but what Tristan McKenzie is doing so far this year is all-star caliber he's a freak dude can't put him in that category no he's not in that category like Martin Perez hasn't been mentioned yet and Martin Perez has certainly been better and Cal Quantrill deserves to be mentioned Uh, shut up um yeah Paul Blackburn (laughs) I'm getting no uh Paul Blackburn three three, two ERA for for Quantrill just so we know we are also tracking this arm tattoo thing because he said he's going to get a tattoo of like Quantrill's number on his arm. If, if he has an ERA under three, five, what's he at now? Three, three, two. I still think our arms going to be fine. He might be. NL Cy Young. NL Cy Young. So I think this one is not easy, but I think this guy is the winner. It's a two horse race. It's a two-horse race, but Joe Musgrove is the winner. He has the lowest ERA in baseball, 1.50. He doesn't have a loss. He's 7-0. and And he has the second-highest F4 in the National League to Zach Wheeler. It should be Joe Musgrove. But with my honorable mentions, Sandy is a close second. Sandy, absolutely. Then there's a couple other guys you can throw in the third-place arena. I went with Corbin Burns. I still think he's been good enough to deserve this. The strikeout numbers are great. The peripherals are great. And he's still got a 2-4-8 ERA. So I gave it to Corbin Burns, but I could also be intrigued by like three or four other options, like Pablo Lopez, for example, or any of those type of guys. Right. Um, Freed is another guy that could be mentioned here. Um, Yeah, I mean... I, I hope I'm winning people some money if Musgrove wins the Cy Young, but Sandy, I think Sandy's my pick right now because like what he's doing, just the sheer number of innings that he's throwing, like granted Musgrove is going six or seven every time, but Sandy's going like seven or eight every time. There's a difference between eight and seven. I know, but Musgrove has a better ERA. Like he's allowed less earned runs per nine innings. By 10 points, by 11 points. That no, I think it's like one five zero to one eight. One eight something, right? One five zero to one six one. One six one. You know, I guess, yeah, I still think it's Musgrove. 
I won five zero. He's winning in that department. And ERA is a big indicator of a Cy Young award. Like I'm not, I'm not picking who I think has been the best pitcher based on the peripherals. I'm talking about production here and seven and zero with a one five zero ERA that you didn't lose. And you have the best ERA. Musgrove has thrown 72 innings. Sandy has thrown 83 and two thirds. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. I'm still giving uh, it to Musgrove. AL Rookie of the Year. AL Rookie of the Year is easy. It's Jeremy Pena yes. of the Houston Astros. Not, I mean, we should just stop comparing Jeremy Pena to other rookies. I mean, besides Julio Rodriguez, because Julio Rodriguez has really been good. Great. But Jeremy Pena is just 12th in baseball in F4. Not in the American League. All of baseball. He is 12th. He's got a couple. He's got like six bombs. He's got nine stolen base, hitting 277. All around game is phenomenal, and he's one of already the best defensive shortstops in the big leagues. Jeremy Pena is real. We got to give arms some credit on this one. I mean, yes, Jeremy Pena is just awesome. Didn't he dish out Pena for AL Rookie of the Year Dark on our preseason? Yeah, there we go, man. Um, yeah, Pena's a stud. J Rod can contend. I love J Rod, uh, but but it's Pena's NL. It's easy right now, isn't it? It should be. It's Mackenzie Gore. He's got a 2.50 ERA in 50 innings. Mackenzie Gore has been one of the best pitchers in the National League so far. I think it has to be Mackenzie Gore. I think there's a couple guys you could consider, maybe Seiya Suzuki, maybe I don't know, a couple other names. But are you are you saying that um I see your face right now. Are you saying that it's not Mackenzie Gore? No, I'm just so fucking happy for Mackenzie Gore. Oh yeah. I was like I was like, "Oh, are you coming in with some heat of like a player I forgot?" No, but you're, I'm just, so, you're just gearing up for him. Just like seeing the shit that he went through being in the Padres organization last year and like seeing him come through Fort Wayne for a quote unquote rehab start, even though it wasn't a rehab start. Like knowing what we were saying about Mackenzie Gore at this point last year and through the offseason, and he is the runaway favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year at 23 years old. This guy has been through way too much for a 23-year-old to ever go through. And now he's like one of the better pitchers in the National League, not one of the better rookie pitchers. He's one of the better pitchers in the National League. These two players, Jeremy Payne and Mackenzie Gore, I stopped comparing them to rookies and started comparing them to the rest of the league already because that's where I feel like they're at. And Jeremy Pena is one of the best shortstops in the American League. And Mackenzie Gore is one of the best left-handed pitchers in the National League. The Padres probably would have thought that they were worrying about Mackenzie Gore versus Nick Martinez for starts. Now they're worrying about Gore versus Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger for starts. Or Gore and... Yeah. Not yeah, Musgrove. That, that, don't say Musgrove. Yeah, I was like, I was like nah, <laughs> yeah, don't actually. do it. I was like, not actually, but like... Ugh. Maybe one day, but yeah, not, not yet. Yeah, not yet. But I think that just goes to show my level of confidence in Mackenzie Gore. Like I've always said, you cannot give up on him just because he had a bad year of command after all the pandemic stuff. Like, you can't give up on him. His stuff is just too good. He's so it's good. too good. He looks like Kershaw. There's no way you can give up on him. So when I heard, like we were at the All-Star game, and I remember, I think we talked about this on the Just Baseball show. We ran into Ken Rosenthal. And we said, Ken, like, what's the market for Gore? Like, what do you think? And he just gave us this look. That like for all the people on YouTube, it's the like grin and eyes open. Like it's not good. Like it's not who you think it is. He's not as highly coveted. And then I was talking with Arm afterwards. I was like, "How?" And then Arm was like, "We'll do." I mean, these are the numbers. Like this is where he's at. I'm like, "How?" Like I don't even care. How? Look at him. Like give him a second. 
It's it's freaky, dude. It's freaky what Gore has turned around. Um, rap with manager of the year in the American League, got to be Joe Madden, right? <laughs> Tony that La Russa? That was mean by you. That was mean by you. The yeah, manager I'm a mean of the year. person, Peter. <laughs> Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa did not win it. He'd probably finish in last place. The manager of the year is, of course, Aaron Boone of the New York Yankees, but it's just funny because, like, you know, people were calling for Aaron Boone's head last year. It's just... It's Aaron Boone of the New York Yankees. And then the National League is Buckshaw Walter of the New York Mets. It has to be Buckshaw Walter of the New York Mets. You the didn't Mets give the... me a chance to make a Joe Girardi joke. Come on. All right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's all good. I was going to name the Joes. Buckshaw Walter is your winner in the National League. The Mets and the Yankees are both. They're the only two teams with 40 wins right now. It's good to be a baseball fan in New York. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Congratulations on you, you city rat. You Manhattan dweeb. Because I got to say, I've always been pro Mets. Like, I was never a Yankee fan who, like, really thought there was that much of a yeah, rivalry. You're a Mets fan. I always... We made fun of you at the end of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I like Mets. the Mets. I just like New York baseball. I love going to games, and I just – I appreciate the Mets. Like, I'll never be – but I'm going to get on you. I'm going to get on the Mets when they when they deserve to. So, yeah. get on everybody. I don't care. 100%, man. Um, all right. You and Aram tomorrow get to talk about something good. And Something. then me and you again on Thursday, we're going to talk Omaha preview with Pete Plarity, which is going to be great. We're not going to talk about Tennessee. I'm up shit Creek. Peter's up shit Creek. You, Peter, are you up shit Creek yet with Oregon State or no? Well, they play tonight. So yeah, that's right. we'll see. And, you know, they play Auburn. That's why I was like, is it that easy just to pick Tennessee to win the College World Series? Like, I mean, I would have because they're the best team, but I was like, I'm going to be different. And I was like, I think Oregon State's the second best team in this tournament, but watch them lose tonight. And that neither of our picks are in the color or go to Omaha. That'd be lethal. All right, man. Uh, that's it for me. Social media, just baseball fans on TikTok, just baseball show on Instagram, just BB Media on Twitter, our personals, Jack underscore McMullen 11 at Peter Apple 23. Join our chalkboard that's in the episode description. Um, get your cards with the referral code Just Baseball on Loop for 20 free bucks and uh, prize picks. And with that, thank you, everybody.